you are on the line. Live on ESPN 1067 in Auburn and Fox Sports Central Alabama on 98.3 FM in Birmingham and Sylacauga. Online on Fox Sports 983.com and ESPNAU.com. Call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. You're on the line here on ESPN 106.7 in Fox Sports, Central Alabama. Jacob Goins with you on the Friday edition of the show. Hour number one officially underway here on ESPN 106.7 in Fox Sports, Central Alabama on 98.3 up through Birmingham and Sylacauga. Happy Friday, May 6th, 2022 to everybody out there listening Turned in to be a beautiful day here in Auburn, Alabama. The sun is shining. It is hot. The rain missed us here in Auburn. And everything should be good to go this weekend for graduation, for Auburn high softball, for Auburn university baseball. Everything should be good to go. And it's a beautiful Friday afternoon here in the Auburn Opelika area. I hope you're all doing well wherever you're listening. If you're here in Auburn Opelika, if you're up in Sylacauga and Birmingham, across the state of Alabama and across the country, I hope you're doing fantastic on this Friday afternoon. I'm doing great. I took my final exam ever in school. I am officially done at Auburn University. I will graduate in August. I have to fulfill an internship requirement. That's what I'll be doing here while working full-time as well. And then I will graduate in August. But I am done with school. I am officially out. And I couldn't be any happier, to be really honest with you. I, I'm i very thankful for my time at Auburn. And, I, and I'll talk about this some more, too, in August when I go and actually walk and get my diploma. But I'm done with school. I'm very thankful for my time at Auburn. I had the most fun I've ever had uh, doing anything when I went to Auburn. It, it has been my lifelong dream to attend Auburn University and graduate from Auburn University, and I'm going to do so. So I'm, I'm super excited. It's a, it's a dream come true for me. It really is. It's an emotional subject for me because – since the day that I could, I could even think half of a thought, Auburn University was on my mind. And Auburn University was the thing I wanted to do, the place I wanted to be, and the goal that I wanted to achieve. And that is what I have done. And so I am extremely excited, uh, very blessed, and just thankful for the opportunity to be able to do that. And I'm just so, so excited to move on to my next chapter of life, which is this job right here with Auburn Networks. I'm super excited to be here and have this show and have the Lee Scott Sports Network doing their play-by-play for all Lee Scott Academy athletics. So really excited for the next chapter of my life, but it is a bittersweet moment for me today when I walked off of campus of Auburn University for the last time as a student. It, you know, it, it was very emotional for me. It was very... Uh, bittersweet that's that's really that's the term because I'm so excited to move on and be done with school I'm I'm over the school part of it that's for sure but I'm going to miss being a student at Auburn and having the chance to go to campus and that beautiful campus every single day and time flies It, it has absolutely flown by and look a lot of us in my age group did not get the entire 
college experience, obviously with a worldwide pandemic of COVID-19, look, that happened right in the middle of my schooling. I mean, that was right in the middle of college for me. Sophomore year, part of my junior year. It, I mean, it was, it was the spring of my sophomore year until pretty much right now, this semester, the spring of my senior year. It was a two-year thing that really rendered my college experience, but I took advantage of what I could do and, you know, made the best of it. You know, you can't, you can't harp on it and say, well, that's not fair because everybody dealt with it, right? And so I'm very thankful that I was still able to go and attend Auburn University, get a degree from Auburn University, and again, uh, my entire life growing up, that's, I literally had one dream, one goal was to go to Auburn. That was it. That was my one dream in my entire life. Anybody that knows me, my parents, my friends, all my relatives, they all know that's it. That's the only thing I've ever wanted to do with my entire life was go to Auburn University, and I've done so. I'm going to graduate in August, and I couldn't be more excited. And so I wanted to share that with you, uh, with you guys, the listeners, just because that's what's been going on today. I took my last exam. I'm done with all my classes. I'm going to graduate in August, and I'm super excited for this next chapter of my life. But that's enough about me today. We've got a lot to talk about here on the Friday edition of On the Line. If you want to call in and get involved, be a part of the show. I would love to hear from you. 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. That's the number to put you through to me. Remember, I am by myself, so I'm answering phone calls the best that I can. Uh, No giveaways today, so uh, congratulations to our winners yesterday of the giveaway uh, here on the show. They also gave away some tickets on the drive yesterday. And we also had a social media winner yesterday who won a set to all three games for Auburn baseball to the series this weekend against Arkansas. So congratulations to all of our winners. Uh, thank you all so much for calling in and participating. It really you know, it really makes me feel good that you guys are listening, getting involved, and I love that. We also had a ton of callers yesterday call in to be a part of the show and talk to me on the air. That makes it so much more fun for me. I love hearing what you, the listener, has to say about anything that we are talking about or anything on your mind, sports-related. I want to hear what you have to say. I really do enjoy listening to you, the listener. So call in, get involved, talk to me on this beautiful Friday afternoon, this Friday edition of On the Line as we are off and running in hour number one, 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. I want to start out the show by kind of wrapping up and you know continuing and possibly wrapping up our NIL conversation. We do have a phone call, so let me go and answer that, and I'll be right back. Thanks for listening to On The Line. Please stay tuned as we take this phone call. You may get involved as well. Call 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. Well, we did have a phone call, but it seems like we lost you. So if you disconnected for some reason, please call back. I'd love to hear from you. 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. You can call in about anything. It doesn't have to be about the NIL stuff that we're talking about some more. Call in about anything. But if you want to call in about that too, anything, literally, anything sports related on your mind, give me a call. Let's talk about it. If you have a proposal, you have a question, you have a topic in mind, give me a call. I'd love to hear from you. 334-321-1390 
334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. As I was saying, I want to kind of continue and slash wrap up this NIL conversation as the week comes to an end because it's been the hottest topic in all of sports so far this week. And with Jordan Addison officially entering the transfer portal, that was kind of the that was the last drop in the bucket before it overflowed, right? And so when that officially happened and we knew why he was transferring because of the NIL, the potential NIL money, I should say, that he's trying to to get and receive, that was really, you know, the straw that broke the camel's back, all of those analogies, right? And that news really just erupted this whole conversation this week about all of the NIL, the the problems with the NIL and how it's only going to get worse. And look, like I said yesterday, there's nothing wrong with a kid going to try to make some money, right? There's nothing wrong with that. Go and make your money on your name, image, and likeness because now they finally have the opportunity to do so. But you know where I stand. If you listen to this show, you know where I stand. There's got to be some type of limitations to this. There's got to be a cap to this. Whether it's a cap on each individual player, whether it's a cap on each individual school and program, whether it's a cap on the actual companies that are providing the NIL money or the donors that are providing the NIL money, there's going to have to be some type of limit and there's going to have to be some type of punishment for those that exceed that limit. Because you see in professional sports, they have salary caps of how much they pay each player and how much they can send out per roster. Some leagues are a lot more strict on that than others. Major League Baseball is about the worst one you'll ever see. Their, their punishment for going over the salary cap is just pay a little bit of extra money. Well, that doesn't, that doesn't affect or hurt any of the teams that are rich enough. That's why in baseball... The richest team always wins, right? The richest team always wins or is at least competing in Major League Baseball because there's no penalty for going over the cap. When it comes to college, if you make a cap or a limitation, that's got to be a hard limit, a hard cap on it because if you don't, people are just going to abuse it. They're going to go over it. And if there's no ramifications, then what's going to stop them from doing so? So that's got to be something that is implemented, in my opinion. And I just think that has to happen. Because if you don't, if you don't have those limitations, if you don't have the, the, the so-called salary cap, then what's going to stop it from getting out of control? What's going to stop players from signing $10 million deals? And I'm not saying that them making that amount of money, well, I kind of am, I guess, I just don't think they should make that much money because it's going to ruin college athletics. And I talked about it yesterday. There's got to be a line that separates college and professional sports. There's got to be a line somewhere. I don't know, you know, there, I don't know where you put it, but I think it's right here right now. With NIL, this is where you have to keep the line separate because if you don't, College athletics are going to become the same thing as professional sports. College football will be the exact same thing as the NFL, besides the talent differential. And that's not enough of a, a separation to make this, to make this different, to make this okay. That's not enough of a separation. 
Just because there's better talent in the NFL, that's not enough separation. Because it's going to get to the point, I promise you, that college athletes, the highest paid college athletes, are going to be making more than, I, I mean, possibly more than the average NFL player does. I think it could get to that point. I really do. And are you okay with that? Does that make you feel comfortable about an 18, 19-year-old kid on your college football team, on your school's team that makes that much money because then at that point how much does he really care about that school how much does he really care about that football program think about that if he's making 10 million dollars plus he's playing football which one is he going to care more about the 10 million dollars or the football team that he's playing for let's just be honest here and let's just look at it like it is an 18 19 20 year old is going to care more about $10 million than they are about their buddies on the football team. That's just human nature. Not everybody's going to be like that, and not every situation's going to be like that. But more times than not, when they start making that type of money, why would they care about anything else? Why would they? They've, they're going to have obligations for that NIL stuff. And, that, and that's one side of it, too, that we didn't really touch on, is when you sign all of these NIL deals... They're not just giving you a check because they want to. No, they are using you and your name and your image and your likeness to their service. You've got to make social media posts. You've got to do commercials. You're going to be on billboards. You're going to be doing merchandise. You're going to be doing all kinds of stuff. Most companies are not going to just sign you to an NIL deal and say, hey, here's $50,000, but we don't need anything from you. That's not really how this is going to work. Because companies are paying this amount of money for NIL because they plan on making all of that money back and then some. Companies aren't doing it because they think it's fun. They're not doing it because they're just jumping on the the bandwagon. Uh Uh-uh. Companies are doing this to make a profit. That's what companies are for, right? That's what companies, that's why they exist, is to make money, to make a profit. And that's exactly what they're going to do. So even though they may pay an athlete $1 million, they expect to make two to three to four, five million dollars off of that player by doing so. Think about that. So, yeah, players are still making money, but think about how much the companies are profiting off of this. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing. That's, that's just business. That's just how that goes. But when the players are making that much money, eventually it's going to get to the point where they could, give, they could not give a crap about football or basketball, or whatever sport they play. They're not going to care. And why would they? Would you? Would you care? If your job said, hey, here's $10 million, are you really, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it was almost like, you know, think about it if you're in, you're in that position. You join the football team at Auburn, but a company comes in and says, hey, here's $10 million, enjoy. I mean, which phone are you going to pick up? Are you going to go to practice? Or are you going to go and do a commercial? Or are you just going to do enough to get by on the football field to make sure you get your money? You know what I'm saying? Do you pick up? Does that make sense? That's kind of where I'm going with this. And, you know, I want to wrap up this conversation because there is other stuff to talk about. And I know we talked a lot about it yesterday. And people called in about it. It was fantastic. We had great conversations. You can do so again today, 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502.
because everybody that called in yesterday had fantastic points. And I know that you all have, you know, you all have an opinion. You all have points that you want to make. And I would love to hear from you. I love to have different opinions, different ways of thinking about it. Because a couple of times yesterday, there was something brought up that I hadn't thought about it that way. And so there's so many different angles to this. We talked about that yesterday as well. There's so many different sides to this conversation. And at the end of the day, something has to happen. Something has to change. That's a fact. Everybody can agree on that, I think. I don't know if there's anybody that, and if you are, that's totally fine. I would love to hear your opinion. But I don't know if there's too many people that are saying, no, I'm totally okay with this. I think it's fine. I think it's going to work itself out. If you do, tell me why. I I would love to hear from you. I'm not saying you're wrong at all. I want to hear that side of it because from everybody we talked to yesterday, nobody had that opinion. And everybody you see on social media and other shows and other programming, I haven't heard anybody say, I'm totally okay with with the direction that it's going right now. I haven't heard anybody say, yeah, I'm okay with where they just a, a free for all. I'm okay with just a, a free agency. I'm okay with college sports becoming basically professional. I haven't heard anybody say that. Have you? Have you heard anybody say that? Do you think that way? And if you do, tell me why. I'd love to hear from you. I would love to hear from you. Again, not saying those people are wrong, but what I'm saying is it seems like everybody's in agreement that something has to change. Something has to happen because if it doesn't, college athletics are going to be ruined, I think. I think college athletics are going to become borderline professional. College athletics are going to be just a, a free-for-all. Who has the most money? The rich are going to get richer, right? The rich are going to get richer. We have a phone call. Let's head to the break. I'll take that call. We'll be right back. Welcome back into On the Line here on ESPN 106.7 and Fox Sports Central Alabama. Jacob Goins with you on the Friday edition of the show. We've got a phone call. Let's head to the phone line. 334-321-1390. T on line one. Welcome in. Hey, how you doing, man? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm all right. Hey, I've been, you know, paying attention to this uh, NIL, uh, I guess you could say business, so to speak. But, uh, well, I got a couple of viewpoints, and I'm going to hang up and listen. But uh, I think it's going to get a lot worse before it gets better because, to me, it seems like the uh, NCA was uh, reactive instead of proactive. They didn't get ahead of it. But I want to ask your opinion on this. Okay, what's going to happen when that, uh, that five-star athlete, whomever, to what school, you know, because I'm, I'm pretty sure they, they publicize, you know, the, the NIL deals, or at least it seems like they are. But what, what's going to happen when that five-star gets that deal and hits the campus and the field but doesn't play like don't play like a five-star and is, quote-unquote, a bust? You think it's going to be any, uh, I guess you could say, uh, feedback or consequences from that? Yeah, you know, that's an interesting point. I've actually thought about that. I haven't really talked about it a whole lot, but I think it would depend on the contracts that they signed with the companies because – 
that's definitely something the companies are going to think about. You don't want to pay that five star, let's just say a million dollars, and then, you know, one year in, and he, you know, like you said, is quote unquote a bust, doesn't make the NFL, and, you know, ends up riding the bench. You don't want to pay a guy if his name, image, and likeness is not going to benefit you. So, I'm sure that there's going to be some way for the companies to work it out to where they probably will pay it in in like payments, I would think, and they could probably cut it off at any time. That would be my prediction, but I'm not 100% sure about that. And uh, I I was listening to you earlier about uh, you had like a criteria what it should be, and I don't know if this came up, but don't you think uh, one last thing, transparency should be across the board as far as with, with all schools and all, uh, I guess you could say, athletes? Yeah, I, I think so. I think it's going to have to be uh, you know, a set of rules that apply to all schools. I don't think the schools should be able to set them themselves. I don't think it should be selective uh, depending on the state. I think it should be 100% across the board, no doubt. Yeah, I just, like I said earlier, I think it's going to get worse before it gets better, man. But, hey, thank you, though. Yeah, we appreciate the call, T. That was T here on the line. If you want to call in, get involved just like him, you are more than welcome to do so. 334-321-1390 or toll-free at 888-382-7502. Man, I agree with you. I 100% agree with you. It's going to get a whole lot worse before it gets better. And if you're listening, if you listen to the show – you know that's my opinion. You know that's exactly how I feel. It's going to get a whole lot worse before it gets better. And to be honest with you, I don't know if it's going to get better because I don't know what they're going to do. We've already talked about how they've let it go so far and so out of reach that I just don't know. I don't know how you pull it back. And T, to your phone call and to your point, I agree. I think it's going to get a whole lot worse before it gets better I agree that the the NCAA I mean they dropped the ball we talk about it they dropped the ball on this one and we're not surprised are we is anybody else surprised or I'm not but is anybody surprised that the NCAA screwed up I'm not and you know he brings up a great point I've thought about it and I've tried you know I haven't talked about it on here because I I to be honest with you I didn't really know the answer but just kind of thinking out loud he brought up the point about you know take somebody like like you know a five-star quarterback comes in right he comes in to to college he's a freshman five-star best quarterback in the in the country he signs you know for easy money he signed or for easy math he signs that million dollar NIL deal and let's just say it's with one company okay he'll probably have more but just for the sake of the argument you know Quarterback A, five-star, best in the country, comes in, a company says, hey, we want to pay you a million dollars to do commercials for us, okay? He comes in, and let's say, and there's different ways to go with this, let's say he comes in and he just kind of bombs in, in, in spring camp, in fall camp, and let's say he doesn't win the job. Let's say he ends up riding the bench and transferring somewhere else. Or what if he gets injured? You know, like these types of, what if he gets, what if he starts the first three games and throws 15 interceptions and gets benched for the rest of the season? Then what happens? What happens to that money? What happens to that deal? Because the company signed him for his name, image, and likeness. But if the guy gets hurt or if he gets benched or doesn't even make the starting rotation, 
how much is his name, image, and likeness worth compared to other players, compared to the actual starting quarterback, right? Or a starting quarterback at another school. And to be honest, I don't really know the answer to that. My best assumption, thinking out loud, would be that the companies would have that somewhere in their contract to where I I, I would think that the company would have the majority of the control, but at the same time, I feel like there's got to be something in most of these contracts that say at any time, either party can decide they don't want to be a part of it anymore. Because that, again, another angle that we haven't even discussed, right? There's got to be something in the contract that says if the company does not feel that they are profiting off of player A's name, image, and likeness to their, like, to their liking, they can cut it off. And they have to, you know, they probably have to pay a certain amount, but may not have to pay it in full and may not have to work with him anymore. Same thing goes on the other side. If the player, you know, halfway through just decides, you know, I don't really want to do this anymore. Maybe this company came out with a statement that I don't agree with, you know, politically, you know, religiously, whatever it may be. Maybe the player just decides, look, I don't really want to represent this company anymore. I don't want to do this anymore. Maybe I'm tired of being on billboards around town and I want to get out. There's got to be something for the player to say, hey, I'm done. I I don't want to do this anymore. And there would probably be a percentage that they would get, but it would probably cut off at a certain time or whenever. That is going something like that is going to have to be put into these contracts because things happen. I mean, it's not going to be a perfect relationship where a player comes in, he's a superstar, he wins a national championship, everything's just hunky dory. That doesn't happen, right? So that's a great point, T. I appreciate your call. And that's just another great point. Something like that is going to have to be worked into the contract. And that's where companies like NIL Auburn come into play. That is what they do. They are the legal part of it, where players can have representatives, basically almost a lawyer type of person, and the companies are also going to have their own lawyer when it comes to contracts and stuff, and they're going to work that out during NIL negotiations because that's what it is. It's a negotiation. You know, you, work, you, you, know, you talk about the money. You talk about what the player is going to have to do to earn that money and what happens if this quarterback doesn't pan out. What happens if he gets hurt? What happens if he gets benched? What happens if he transfers? All of those are legitimate points and legitimate questions. And my best answer is only time is going to tell. And I think they will probably learn more about that as time goes on. I think companies will learn how to better write their contracts over time. And also I think players are going to learn how to negotiate their contracts as well. Isn't it crazy we're sitting here talking about this with college athletes? College athletes. We're talking about them signing contracts and making money in college athletics. Crazy times, man. Crazy times. Let's head to the break. We'll be right back. You're listening to On the Line. Welcome back into On the Line here on ESPN 106.7 in Fox Sports Central Alabama. Jacob Goins with you on the Friday edition of the show. 
30 minutes into hour number one here on ESPN 1067 in Fox Sports Central Alabama on 98.3 up through Birmingham and Sylacauga. Hope you're all doing well on this beautiful Friday afternoon in the Auburn Opelika area. I uh, hope you got some good plans for the weekend. A lot going on here in Auburn with graduation and Auburn baseball. So a lot going on. Uh, here in the Auburn area, and uh, trying to get outside a little bit. It's supposed to be super nice. Uh, town's going to be pretty crazy with graduation, so maybe try to avoid the downtown area if you can. Uh, but hope you have some good plans. I hope you've had a great week. Uh, I know I have, and I'm excited that it's Friday. So hope you're all doing well. 30 minutes in to hour number one. If you want to call in, get involved, be a part of the show, I would love to hear from you. 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. If you want to chime in uh, some more about the NIL conversation, what's your opinion on the NIL, what needs to change, are you happy with it, how it is, uh, anything about that, you can give me a call. 334-321-1390 or toll-free at 888-382-7502. We are going to step back from that just a little bit, but if you still want to call in about it, please do so. I'd love to hear from you. But we are going to step away from that conversation uh, for a little bit, and we're going to talk about an article that ESPN released this morning. Uh, It was written by Alex Scarborough and Chris Lowe, some ESPN college football writers, obviously for ESPN. They released it at 6 a.m. this morning, so... They were on the grind, but it is the title of it is SEC Spring Football Recaps, breaking down the offseason for each team, uh, obviously from the SEC. And so I want to kind of run through it a little bit and just kind of see what they said about each team um, and, you know, just see what what they said that we learned about these SEC teams, maybe what we need to learn uh, before day one of the college football season because that is on September 3rd so we are I mean we are just months away four months guys we can hold on and we can do it I promise we can survive we can make it until football season and uh, so I want to go through this and just kind of see what they say and also I want to hear what you say what's a team that has your eye coming out of spring as we wait on college football season what's a team in the SEC that you know, maybe has impressed you so far with recruiting and what they what you're hearing about them. What's a team that you have your eye on as of right now? What's a team that you maybe think will have a better year than they did last year? What's a team you think will maybe have a worse year than they did last year? And uh, do you have any surprise teams from the SEC? Any of those, if you have a thought about it, give me a call. I'd love to hear from you. 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. So we'll we'll go ahead and jump into this and start running through it. They start with the East and they talk about your defending national champion, Georgia Bulldogs. And basically what they learned is Um, you know, they said it starts with what we learned and then what we need to learn by week one. And what it says that they learned is basically they've got a quarterback situation and they're good to go. Like Stetson Bennett is good to go. They know that he's the guy and they're not too worried about it. What they need to learn is can they replace all the guys they lost in the NFL draft? They had a record number of guys go in the NFL draft this year, especially from Georgia's defense. And basically they're saying that's what they need to learn by week one. Can Georgia replace all of those guys that they lost in the NFL? Obviously, I think you're going to see a little bit of drop-off 
uh, when it comes to talent, but I think Georgia's going to be just fine. They're doing, you know, they're they're killing it on recruiting, and Kirby Smart now has that extra oomph to to tell recruits, hey, we've got a ring now. We can win national championships at Georgia. So that that's something that he can now use. Before last year, he couldn't say that, right? And so now that's what they need to learn. That's what we need to learn about this Georgia team uh, you know, through the summer and into fall camp and into day one is can Georgia replace all of the guys that they lost off of this team to the NFL draft? Uh, moving on, the Florida Gators uh, says basically uh, they don't have – like they know who their quarterback is. It's Anthony, Anthony Richardson's job is what it says. So that's what they've learned about Florida. What they need to learn by week one is stopping the run. Can they do that? They, apparently Florida last year, the run game was not very good. They could – you know, their pass defense was solid, but people were able to run all over them, you know, Kentucky and, and Georgia and other teams like that. So that's what they need to learn about Florida before week one. Moving on in the SEC East, the Kentucky Wildcats. Uh, it talks about what they've learned is let's see that they have a quarterback and their running back situation is good to go because their quarterback and their running back Will Levis and Chris Rodriguez they both return for Kentucky so they're good to go right there and now can their defense step up that's what they're asking can the Kentucky defense do enough to keep them alive in the SEC East that's kind of what we've seen Kentucky can score right they can score but can they stop offenses in the East like Georgia when Georgia comes to town can Kentucky stop them you know for four quarters that's really been the uh you know the the thorn in the side if you will for this Kentucky Wildcats team um you know Missouri is on here South Carolina is on here here's a team that you know I'm not going to go through all of them but here's a team that I am really interested in to see what they have to say the Tennessee Volunteers there's been a lot of hype around Tennessee and I know what you're thinking here we go again right here we go again don't buy into it because I have definitely been burned by buying in to this Tennessee team right I know you have as well at some point in your life you have bought into the hype of Tennessee is going to be good this year, and then they're not, right? That's the narrative, especially in my lifetime, especially in the last, what, 10 years at least. So, you know, definitely be careful. But if you remember, if you've, if you've stuck around uh, with the show for a little bit, uh, what was that? Probably a month or so ago, we had Josh Pate. Uh, he came on the show, and I asked him what was the team in the SEC that he really had his eye on, and he said Tennessee. He's really high on Tennessee, you know, and he talked about how Tennessee, they may actually have it this year to be a threat in the SEC East. Maybe they will. Maybe they won't, <laughs> you know. For me, with Tennessee, you just got to wait and see, honestly. You just got to wait and see. I'm not going to buy into the hype. If Tennessee proves me wrong, fantastic. That's good for them. But it says what we learned this spring about Tennessee, and it's their offense is going to be, yet again, it's going to be really good. And maybe that will carry them through the SEC East because, historically, SEC East defenses are not comparable to the SEC West. They're just not. Georgia's defense is always really good. Florida's defense is normally pretty decent, but – other than that, defenses aren't really what the SEC East um, really hangs their hat on. So that's what they know. Tennessee's offense is going to be good again. 
And it's talking about their defense as well, how that's what they need to know and learn by week one. Most of their starters came back on the defensive side of the football for Tennessee. That's big time. If, if Tennessee's offense can continue to do what it did and their defense can only get better with everybody coming back, maybe they will make some noise in the SEC East. Moving on to the West, of course, you've got Alabama, Auburn, LSU. You know, you've got Texas A&M over here as well. And just kind of running through on the ESPN article that they posted this morning, what they've learned about the SEC teams coming out of spring. And if you have a comment, a team on your mind, you know, that you, you know, you may have your eye on or a team that you think is going to overperform, underperform, do better than they did last year, do worse than they did last year, any of that, if you want to call in, be involved, I'd love to hear from you. 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. And so as we move on to the SEC West, but... It says, what we learned is Nick Saban has figured out the transfer portal. Obviously, he's figured that out. He has gotten, again, not just recruits, but when guys enter the portal, Alabama jumps on them, and more times than not, Alabama gets who they want. That's just, that's just who it is. I haven't even looked at what we need to learn about Alabama before week one. I can almost guarantee it's going to say something about the offensive line. Let's see if it is. Let's see. Uh, let's see. Look, there were no more glaring problems coming out of A-Day than the offensive line. <laughs> that's the first sentence. Uh, so, I- again, that's, we know that that's the weakness this year with this Alabama football team, which is somewhat of a surprise because in years past, Alabama has been the school that has produced fantastic offensive linemen. They've put guys into the league that are still starters in the league. Alabama, over the years, has had some really good offensive linemen. But last year they struggled, and you know we've had some guys on here that have talked about it. They think they're going to struggle again. It's definitely going to be the weak point of the Alabama offense. And you know in the SEC West, there's some really tough defensive lines. And when you have a quarterback like Bryce Young, who is as good as he is, you don't need him taking a bunch of hits. He's a Heisman, you know, he's a Heisman favorite right now. He's one of them, and. He can't afford to be taking hit after hit after hit if you're Alabama. And also, you got to be able to run the football. And if your offensive line can't, they can't run block and they can't pass protect, what are you going to do offensively? And Alabama's going to have good receivers again, but not like they had last year. And so, what is Alabama going to do if their offensive line can't hold up? I think they're going to struggle. I think they're going to struggle if the offensive line can't get up to where it needs to be for this Alabama team to be successful moving on in the SEC West here's you here you go your Auburn Tigers what we learned this spring about Auburn I'll read sort of a little bit of it It says Brian Harson is still the head coach after an attempted coup and Auburn is still interested in getting its tight ends the football other than that there weren't a lot of questions answered so you know and when it comes to Auburn you know it talks about the injuries as well there were a lot of injuries. And so coming out of the spring, we don't really know a whole lot more than we did coming into the spring because so many guys were hurt, so many guys were injured that the A-Day game really didn't give us a whole lot. And you know my opinion about the A-Day game. It's a pretty practice, right? And the A-Day game, you're not really looking to learn a whole lot from that. You're more trying to get storylines coming out of each and every spring practice. But it's definitely true 
that Brian Harson's still the head coach, that's for sure. But it's definitely true that Auburn is trying to use the tight end some more as well. And I think they should, especially with the wide receiver room being such a big question mark. When you need somebody to go to, tight ends, that's what they are there for. They're not your first option. That's not their that's not how that works. The tight end is not supposed to be your go-to target every time. The tight end is supposed to be a bailout option, a goal line option, or you know, across the middle trying to get a first down. That's what the tight end is for. You are not supposed to line up and say every time, all right, tight end, you're my first read, unless that's the specific play, which there's not very many of. So Auburn's got to figure that out. But in the years past, Auburn's tight ends were non-existent. You didn't have to cover them. Most of the time, Auburn didn't even have one. But now they do. Why? Because Brian Harson has the offensive, the pro-style offensive mindset. And I like that. I think that's good for Auburn. They need that. You need more weapons on the field because then you have more guys to go to, which means the defense is spread out some more, which means you're going to be more successful. So I think that's fantastic. And this article is pretty much right. Like, you know, we didn't learn a whole lot. And again, I haven't looked at the weaknesses yet for Auburn. I know I'm on the radio, but you can believe me. I haven't looked at it yet. I guarantee it's going to be the quarterback situation. What do we need to learn about Auburn before week one? Who's going to be your starting quarterback? Let's see. Give TJ Finley and Robbie Ashford credit for executing the offense during the spring game. Neither quarterback turned the ball over or seemed overwhelmed by the moment. But the fact is, neither won the job with their performance. And it's talking about Zach Calzada and who's going to be the quarterback. Obviously, that's the answer that we need to find out between now and game one. And I think, obviously, we're going to know. You know my stance. I think it's going to be Zach Calzada. I think Ashford's going to be number two. I think Gariner's going to be number three. And I just think that I think that's how it's going to be. I think those are the three best quarterbacks on the roster. Of course, D. Davis is gone. There's four guys left. Look, nothing against T.J. Finley, but he just ain't it. He ain't it. And that's what we've got to learn between now and then about Auburn football. Obviously, who's going to be the quarterback day one? couple more teams in the SEC West before we uh, take our last break of hour number one. Arkansas, who I think is going to be really, really good this year. They're getting a little bit of hype. I don't think it's enough. I think this team is, uh, you know, I think they could take the next step this year. That's sort of what we've seen and sort of what we've been waiting on to, to see from Arkansas. But I think this year could be it. Now, they lost some linebackers and some defensive guys from the defense. So can they, can they replace those? And it's really the linebackers in the secondary. That's, the, that's everything it talks about. Can the defense reload and restock to be good enough to keep Arkansas alive? LSU, I mean, you've got Brian Kelly who took over an offense and a defense that lost some guys and wasn't the best last year. He got some guys through the portal as well. Can Brian Kelly do what he needs to do at LSU? That was some of the, some of the teams from the SEC East and the SEC West from the ESPN article uh sec spring football recaps breaking down the offseason for each team so if you want to go check that out it's on the espn website and the espn app Uh, it's a great article i suggest that you go and read it we're about to take our final break of hour number one if you want to call in about anything going on in the sports world nil teams coming out of the sec out of out of spring ball what's your opinion anything else in the sports world 
Give me a call. I'd love to hear from you on the Friday edition of On the Line, 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. Let's take our final break of hour number one. You're listening to On the Line. Welcome back into On the Line here on ESPN 106.7 in Fox Sports Central Alabama. Jacob Goins with you on the Friday edition of the show. Wrapping up hour number one here on ESPN 106.7 in Fox Sports Central Alabama on 98.3 up through Birmingham and Sylacauga. Hope you're all doing well on this Friday, May 6th. Beautiful day here in Auburn, Alabama. Looks like the rain missed us, so that was good. And uh, hopefully you've got some great plans this weekend. Nice weather, graduation, Auburn baseball, lots going on in the Auburn area. So hopefully you've got some good plans. I hope you're doing well on this Friday afternoon. It's been a great hour number one. Uh, We started out talking about some more of the NIL stuff, kind of, you know, continuing that conversation and kind of wrapping that up just a little bit. And, uh, you know, we'll talk about it some more a little bit in hour number two as well. And just took a look at an ESPN article, just kind of it talked about what we learned and what we need to learn about SEC football teams coming out of spring practice and also what we need to learn before day one of the college football season. So a uh, great hour number one. We've had a couple phone calls. It's been a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, we'll get ready for hour number two here in just a few minutes but if you want to call in get involved be a part of the show i'd love to hear from you 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502 also if you missed any of our number one you can search on the line wherever you get your podcast Uh, it'll be uploaded immediately following today's show so wherever you get your podcast just search on the line again wherever you get your podcast you can follow our espn social media accounts espn 1067 on facebook twitter and instagram we do some giveaways on there and uh always sending out some some updates and just you know interactive things and posts as well so make sure you go follow our espn social media accounts it's espn 1067 on twitter facebook and instagram you can follow me on twitter as well at g-o-i-n-s the number two j-a-c-o-b that's my twitter you can follow that uh, for any updates about the show and updates going on in the sports world Hour number one, officially in the books. We'll be back for hour number two. Stay tuned. You're listening to On the Line. You are On the Line. Live on ESPN, 106.7 in Auburn and Fox Sports Central Alabama on 98.3 FM in Birmingham and Sylacauga. Online on Fox Sports, 983.com and ESPNAU.com. Call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. You're on the line here on ESPN 106.7 in Fox Sports Central Alabama. Jacob Goins with you on the Friday edition of the show. 
Hour number one officially in the books. You know what that means. Hour number two officially underway here on ESPN 106.7 in Fox Sports Central Alabama on 98.3 up through Birmingham and Sylacauga. Hope you're all doing well on this Friday, May 6th, 2022. Hour number two officially underway. If you missed any of hour number one, just search on the line wherever you get your podcast. It'll be uploaded immediately following today's show. So make sure you go and find the podcast wherever you get your podcast. Just search on the line. If you want to call in, get involved with the show, be a part of the show. Give me your thoughts, your opinions, your questions. I would love to hear from you. 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. Anything on your mind in the sports world. And you want to tell me, you want to ask me a question, you want to give your take on it, give me a call. That's the number to put you through to me. 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. It's been a great show. It's a beautiful Friday here in the Auburn Opelika area. Hope you're all doing well. Hope you all have some good weekend plans. And uh, yeah, hour number two, officially underway. And we'll start it like we always do with making headlines. Making headlines. So headlines here on Friday, May 6th, 2022. Of course, the college NIL conversation continues across all media that's been the the topic of discussion all week long and really it was Jordan Addison the pit wide receiver uh he was really the 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 straw that broke the camel's back when it came to people really starting to realize okay this may be getting out of hand this may be something we need to take a look at and now everybody's talking about it and now hopefully somebody's going to do something about it because as of right now there's no regulations as of right now there's no limitations as of right now it is an absolute free-for-all and I mean an absolute free-for-all so something's got to change something's got to happen because if not it's going to get ugly it's going to get really bad and so That's been the discussion all week long. We hammered it really hard yesterday. We had some great phone calls uh, with people that had fantastic points, a lot of points that I hadn't even thought about, I hadn't even touched on yet. In hour number one, we talked about some other points that we hadn't even discussed yet. We had a caller, T, he called in and said, what happens if an athlete, that that five-star superstar coming out of high school, gets a big NIL deal and then flames out? What happens if he gets hurt? What happens if he gets replaced? Then what happens to the NIL money? Then what happens to the NIL deal? That's a whole other branch. Remember this giant tree I talked about yesterday? Remember I said the NIL is a giant tree, and it's got about a million different branches coming off of it, and then it's got about a million little twigs coming off of each one of those branches, and they're all different subjects and all different you know, things that have to be considered when talking about the NIL, that still applies, folks. That hasn't changed since yesterday. And you know what? That tree is only going to get bigger and bigger and bigger. And so I don't know the exact answer. I've told you that. I don't know. I've given my suggestions. 
Some of you have given your suggestions. If you have other suggestions, I would love to hear what you have to say because there's no wrong answer. And really, right now, there's no right answer either. And so I think everybody getting their opinion out there, everybody getting their ideas on the table, I think that's going to help in the long run because then hopefully whoever, I guess it's the NCAA right now, I guess, maybe Congress, I don't know. But whoever is at the helm that is going to make the decisions to to do what they've got to do to change it, they need to know every single subject and every single idea and every single topic that will be affected by their decisions. So if you have something that you have on your mind, I would love to hear from you. 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. Moving on with making headlines. You can still call in about that if you want to. Please, I would love to hear from you. But we're going to move on with some other headlines around the sports world today on Friday, May 6th. I know we don't talk about it a ton, and I know not a ton of people keep up with it, but... The NHL playoffs, hockey playoffs last night, were fantastic. If you didn't watch it, I'm sorry, you missed out. Fantastic games last night. There was four of them. Hockey is in, I mean, they are in full swing right now when it comes to playoffs. The Rangers and the Penguins, that's a great series. Rangers evened it up at one apiece with a 5-2 victory over the Pittsburgh Penguins. The Florida Panthers, they bounced back. They evened up the series against the Washington Capitals with a 5-1 victory. Uh, The game of the night. The Colorado Avalanche and the Nashville Predators. The Avalanche, they take a 2-0 series lead. They beat Nashville 2-1 in overtime. But the story of the night in this game, folks, was Nashville's goaltender, um, Connor Ingram. This guy was unbelievable. Unbelievable last night. He had, on 50 shot attempts, he only allowed two goals. He had 48 saves last night in his playoff debut he's a youngster now he's never played in the NHL playoffs his first ever playoff start he saved 48 shots out of 50 I know you're saying well he's still allowed in two that that's just you know that that doesn't even matter it does matter but when you when you face 50 shots as a goaltender and you save 48 of them you have done your job and the second one wasn't until overtime it wasn't until overtime Colorado's the better team here. They are better than Nashville, and they showed it last night. But Nashville, the offense and the defense let their goaltender down. When he only allows one goal in regulation, only two in almost four periods of play, he saves 48 shots. He has done his job, I promise. He has done his job. Nashville, really the offense. but You could say the defense too, but the offense let him down because – They scored one goal in the first and didn't do anything after that. Didn't do anything after that. And when you look at the team comparison, the shots on goal, Colorado doubled Nashville, 50 to 26. So almost doubled, basically. 50 shots compared to 26, that's terrible. That's terrible. They shot 50 times on their goaltender. That's on the defense. Colorado was having a free for day or a free for all. They were having a field day, whatever you want to call it. It almost looked like, you know, like a just people with I don't even know, like like a batting cage or something. They just kept going and going and going and never stopped until they finally broke through 
and they scored in overtime. They win 2-1. to one. In overtime, the Avalanche take a 2-0 lead over Nashville. They had back, or they had two, they will head to Nashville uh, for game three of round one. And the nightcap, the Dallas Stars, they beat the Calgary Flames 2-0. They even that series at one apiece. Some more games going on tonight around the NHL. Carolina Hurricanes taking on the Boston Bruins. They are up 2-0 on the Bruins as that series heads to Boston. Uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs taking on the Tampa Bay Lightning. That series is tied at one apiece and it shifts to Tampa Bay. Minnesota Wild visiting the St. Louis Blues. That series is also tied at one apiece. That is game three in St. Louis. This is all first round action, by the way. And the last game tonight, the Edmonton Oilers and the LA Kings. Round one, game three, it goes to LA. Tied up at one apiece, the Oilers and the Kings. Just a little hockey update for you. I know not a ton of people keep up with it, uh, but it is interesting. If you don't watch it, I recommend you do. I recommend that you do. You're missing out. Moving on with making headlines. NBA was off last night for whatever reason. Some travel days, I guess. They just didn't have any games last night. But two more games tonight. The Miami Heat visit this Philadelphia 76ers the Heat are up 2-0 in this series folks and that's because Joel Embiid has not played he has been cleared to play Joel Embiid uh, will more than likely more than likely play tonight that's big time for Philadelphia if you ask me this is a must-win game for the 76ers you're down 2-0 you're at your home place you're getting your star player back You've got to win this game. You can't go down to the top seed of Miami Heat. You can't go down 3 nothing in the second round. You just can't do it because they're too good for you to come back from that. Philadelphia cannot come back from a 3-0 deficit. You've got to win tonight. Really, you need to win both games at home if you're Philadelphia. You have a better chance to do so if you have Joel Embiid. How good will he be coming back from some face fractures and concussions? We're going to see. But they at least get him back, and I think that's going to help this Philadelphia team tonight. They trail 2-0 to Miami. That game at 6 o'clock on ESPN. And then the second game tonight in the NBA playoffs, round two, game three, series shifts to Dallas. Phoenix is up 2-0 on the Dallas Mavericks, but game three is tonight at 8.30 in Dallas. I look for the Mavericks. you got to pick up at least one on your home floor again. You're down 2-0 to the top seed of Phoenix Suns. You really got to try and, and win both games at home. If you don't, I mean, you're getting in dangerous territory. You're getting in dangerous territory if Dallas can't win a game at home and really try to win two games at home against Phoenix, especially with Devin Booker being back and Chris Paul doing everything that he's doing. I mean, let's just be honest. If Dallas can't win both games at home, they're probably going to get beat. They may even get swept. If you know, if, Obviously, if they can't win both games at home, they'll get swept. So we'll see how that goes. But NBA playoffs rolling on as well. Moving on with making headlines, Auburn baseball prepares for a big series at home this weekend at Plainsman Park. They will take on the Arkansas Razorbacks, ranked number four in the country. Auburn ranked around 19 in the country. Of course, there's about 20 different baseball rankings for college baseball, but in the D1 baseball rankings, that's the one that I use. Auburn baseball is 19. Arkansas is four. And Look, that's a big-time series. Auburn can actually put themselves in the race of winning the SEC West if they take this series. So I look for Auburn to, to have a good series. Of course, uh, they are without Mullins, one of their starters tonight. He is out and without him this whole series. He is not playing. He's hurt. He got hurt in the last series. So that is a big hit 
to this Auburn pitching rotation. I still think Auburn is good enough offensively. I think they're playing good enough offensively. And, you know, you're at your home place. you got to take advantage. Auburn, if you're Auburn, this is a huge series this weekend. And, I mean, uh, just a fantastic opportunity to take a ranked series on your home field before trying to wrap up the rest of the season. You've got Alabama at home next week, and then you go to Kentucky to end the season, who is one of the bottom feeders in the SEC East, but they took game one against Tennessee last night. The number one team in the country, Kentucky, they take game one against Tennessee last night in the, I believe it was the 13th inning. It was an extra inning. So Kentucky, look, they may not be great, but they beat Tennessee, so that says something. But Auburn's got to take care of Arkansas first at home this weekend. Uh, Game one tonight at 6 o'clock. Of course, we gave away some tickets yesterday to the Saturday and Sunday games if you were tuning in, and uh, we had a lot of people calling about that, so we don't have any more, so I apologize about that. Uh, But we did give away some tickets yesterday. We also gave away some tickets on our ESPN 106.7 social media pages, so congratulations to our winner of that. Had a lot of people participate in that, so that's always good to see. So make sure you stay tuned to our social media pages. I run all of that, and um, make sure you stay tuned because we do a lot of great stuff on our social media pages at ESPN 1067 on social media, really on Facebook, Twitter. We have Instagram as well, so make sure you stay tuned to all of that. One more making headline before we head to our first break of our number one. Uh, Auburn High Baseball, not Auburn University, Auburn High Baseball will continue the second round of the playoff, the state playoffs Tonight at Auburn High School over at their baseball field, they will play Alma Bryant in the second round of the state playoffs. If they got it's two out of three. You got two games tonight, and the if game would be tomorrow morning. That is at five o'clock over at Auburn High School. Scott Bagwell will be on the call for play by play. If you can't make it out to the game, you can tune into our sister station, 96.3 W. Lee, on your radio dial, uh, the 96.3 W. Lee app, or at 963WLee.com. You can listen on all of those platforms, and uh, you can catch Scott Bagwell, one of the best in the business, at play-by-play. He will be on the call for Auburn High Baseball as they play in round two of the state tournament this weekend at home they get to host round two against Alma Bryant should be a fantastic game should be a fantastic series Uh, Auburn High Baseball they have got they've got some guys on that team they have quite a few that are committed to play D1 baseball I think they've got three or four guys that are committed to play at Auburn University so there's some serious talent on that Auburn High baseball team that first game is tonight the second game will be after it it's a doubleheader tonight it's a best two out of three to move on in, in the AHSAA baseball rules. So best two out of three this weekend, Auburn High trying to move on to the next round in the state tournament playoffs. They have Alma Bryant at home tonight. So we'll see if Auburn High can do so. Again, if you can make it out to the game, great. If not, make sure you tune in to 96.3 W. Lee on your radio dial on the 96.3 W. Lee app and on 96.3 W. Lee.com. You can catch Scott Bagwell on the call for Auburn High Baseball at 5 o'clock Central Time on 96.3 W. Lee. That's going to do it for making headlines. If you want to call in about anything I just talked about, anything else that's on your mind in the sports world, NIL, Auburn baseball, Auburn high baseball, uh, Auburn football, if you got something about that, anything on your mind, 
I would love to hear from you here on the Friday edition of On the Line. 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. That number again is 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. Let's take our first break of hour number two. You're listening to On the Line. Welcome back into On the Line here on ESPN 106.7 in Fox Sports Central Alabama. Jacob Goins with you on the Friday edition of the show. We've got a few more minutes before we head to the 3.30 break. Make sure you stay tuned. Our good buddy Lance Dahl from Auburn Daily and Locked On Kentucky. He'll be on at 3.30 to talk about everything Auburn and uh, maybe even some Kentucky information as well. So make sure you stay tuned for that. He'll be on the phone at 3.30. We always enjoy when Lance Dahl can come on the show and give us some updates about everything going on. So make sure you stay tuned for that. That'll be at 3.30 again after this segment right here on ESPN. 106.7 in Fox Sports Central Alabama on 98.3 up through Birmingham and Sylacauga. We've got about, I don't know, about eight more minutes or so before we head to that break. And I'm just going to kind of ask an open-ended question. I'd love to hear from you. You can give me a call, 334-321-1390 or toll-free at 888-382-7502. It's kind of just a general question, and I really would like to hear from you, the listener. I'll give my take on it, but I would really like to hear from you. How do you feel about Auburn Athletics right now? As it stands right now with, you know, the main sports that, you know, you all keep up with, how do you feel about Auburn athletics right now? Auburn football, Auburn basketball, Auburn baseball, softball. How about Auburn gymnastics who had two big announcements today that SUNY Lee and Darion Goborn is both coming back. They are both coming back next year to compete at Auburn. Darion will be a fifth-year senior, SUNY coming back for her sophomore season. So that's big news for the gymnastics team. But just as a whole, how are you feeling? Maybe, you, you know, if you want to pick a specific sport, let me know how you feel about that. What are your opinions about football? How do you feel about basketball? And if they're getting some, some big-time transfers and still waiting on a big commitment from Julian Phillips. Not sure if they'll get it yet, but they are in the running. How do you feel about Auburn baseball as they are in the hunt to host a regional in in the tournament? That's big time as well. What about Auburn softball? They're in the running to make the NCAA tournament as well as they wrap up their season this weekend at Tennessee. Their first game today did get postponed due to weather up in Knoxville, so uh, that'll get rescheduled. But how do you feel about all of those sports? How do you feel about gymnastics? Anything else, really, when it comes to Auburn sports as a whole or each or an individual sport? How is you, you know, how do you feel about it right now? You know, do you have a specific sport that you're excited about? A specific sport that you're worried about? Uh, a specific coach that you're worried about? You know, what what's on your mind when it comes to Auburn athletics because obviously most of you listening are probably Auburn Athletics fans, and I would love to hear what your opinion is about any of that going on. 334-321-1390 or toll-free at 888-382-7502. That number again, 334-321-1390 or toll-free at 888-382-7502. Look, my quick rundown is when it comes to football, I think we're going to be okay. I really do. I think Auburn's going to be okay. I think Brian Harson and this team will do what? 
survive. I think they survived this season. They do what they got to do. I think Brian Harson is going to be your coach for quite a while, and I think he's going to be successful while doing so. I think this team's going to get better. I think recruiting's going to get better, and I think Auburn's going to get better as a whole, especially the football program with Brian Harson at the helm. That's my opinion on that. Look, basketball, obviously, basketball's in a great spot, right? Basketball, I mean, you really can't you really can't ask for a whole lot more. Yeah, you definitely wanted to see a deeper run in the tournament from last year, this past year's team, but at the same time, Auburn's putting guys in the league. Auburn's not just losing those guys to the NBA, but then they're also replacing them with just as good, if not better, guys right after them. So now when you you know, now that Auburn basketball has gotten to that point, you want to start seeing some results on the floor. And that's, there's nothing wrong with that. You want to start seeing some results on the floor if you're Auburn basketball and Bruce Pearl because he's got the talent to do it. Now he's got to figure out the X's and O's and get it done You know when it matters in March. So Auburn basketball, feeling great about them as well. Auburn baseball, I think they are ahead of schedule than what people thought they would be this year. Uh, not a lot of you know not a lot of confidence about this Auburn baseball team coming into the year, but they have definitely exceeded expectations. I think this weekend is huge. Um, you know, could be one of the biggest series of the week or of the season rather for Auburn baseball uh, as they host number four Arkansas starting tonight, Friday night, five or excuse me, six o'clock over at Plainsman Park and. Again, I think this could be one of the biggest series of the year for Auburn baseball. So I think they're in a great spot right now, head coach Butch Thompson doing his thing. And look, I think Auburn softball is doing great too. They are on the verge of making the postseason. They've got one more series at Tennessee that they can uh, hopefully wrap up, get a series win up there, and then uh, head down to, I believe they're in Florida for the SEC championship turn or the SEC tournament. I could be wrong, uh, but I'm pretty sure Auburn – softball or the you know the SEC softball tournament is down in Florida this year and I think they have a great shot at that they've got a great chance to make postseason play and try to make a run at the college world series for Auburn softball the gymnastics news today was big time with Suni Lee deciding that she wants to come back Darion deciding she wants to come back as a fifth year Uh, obviously those two are some of the most electric gymnasts, not just at Auburn, but really in the entire country. And for Auburn Gymnastics to bring them back, that's big time. And, you know, there was questions about, well, what would Suni Lee do? She's only a sophomore. Honestly, I don't know. I mean, there's different routes to go. You've got the Olympics that she'll be training for coming up. But, I mean, again, she is only a sophomore in college. So I expected her to come back. I don't really know what else she would do to to not go to school, but she decides to come back. She loves Auburn, and you could tell that she enjoyed competing at Auburn and competing in college. I think that's you know something that she really wanted to do, and she's had a lot of fun doing so. And she's also really good, in case you didn't know. She's also really good at what she does. So, you know, that's big-time news for Auburn Gymnastics as well. I think Auburn Athletics are, are at a great spot right now. I really do. I think it's in a great spot. And... I think football is going to be fine. I really do. I think football is going to be just fine. I think Auburn and Brian Harson will figure out a way to do just enough this year to keep his job and to keep the program from really crashing and burning because they're on thin ice. There's no doubt. They are on thin ice right now. Brian Harson is on thin ice. It shouldn't be this way, but he is. 
But I think a winning season will do it. I think a winning season will keep him here, and I think he gets it done. I could see eight wins on this team this year. I think he can do it. I think the schedule plays out enough to where he can get eight wins. I think the team will rally around him and the coaching staff enough to where they can get eight wins. And I'm going to be honest. I think there's enough talent on this team to pull out eight wins. Some people don't think so, and that's okay. But I think there is. I think so. And I think they're going to work hard enough and work harder than they ever have to make that happen. They know what's on the line. No pun intended. They know what's at stake. The coaches know what's at stake. Brian Harson knows what's at stake. So do we. Obviously, we don't have any impact on that. But they know what this season means for this Auburn football program. They know better than anybody. The players, coaches, and Brian Harson, they all know. They're going to get it done. And so I think Auburn football and, out, and Auburn athletics as a whole, it's in a good spot, and I think it's just going to continue to rise. Stay tuned. We're going to have Lance Dove locked on Auburn, or excuse me, locked on Kentucky and Auburn daily when we come back. You're listening to On the Line. Welcome back into On the Line here on ESPN 106.7 in Fox Sports Central Alabama. Jacob Goins with you on the Friday edition of the show. 30 more minutes left in hour number two here on ESPN 106.7 and Fox Sports Central Alabama. If you missed any of today's show, just search On the Line wherever you get your podcast. It'll be uploaded immediately following today's show. So make sure you go and find that On the Line wherever you get your podcast. We're going to head to the phone lines. We've got a guest coming on, Lance Dahl of Auburn Daily and Locked on Kentucky. Lance, how's it going? I'm doing well, Jacob. How about you? I'm doing fantastic. Well, man, happy Friday to you. Hope everything is going well. And want to talk to you about, of course, we'll start with some Auburn football news. I uh, haven't got to talk to you since Dazlin Worsham was or has committed to play for Auburn from Miami. Your thoughts on the, the wide receiver edition for Auburn? Well, I think Auburn was looking to add somebody with a little experience through the transfer portal. I don't think Auburn's room necessarily lacks talent. I don't think they necessarily lack a ton of depth, but I think what they need is experience right now in that room. And I think they got a guy in Dazlin Worsham that does have a couple of years of experience. The big issue there being he didn't record a statistic at Miami. And so you look at what he did, you know, as a, as a high schooler, he was a three-star recruit coming out of high school, but there were a ton of different big time programs that were after this kid uh, when he was coming out of high school, Alabama being one of them. So I think he's still got some talent. I like what he, I like what he possesses as far as just traits. I think he's got a little bit of speed. The size isn't particularly a concern at six foot one, 185 pounds. Uh, again, like I mentioned, didn't record a statistic at Miami, but I am excited about any sort of guy that's transferring in from a Power 5 program that previously had garnered interest from a place like Alabama. So I don't necessarily know if Warsham's going to be prepared to be a day one contributor. In fact, I don't know if he's going to do a whole lot for the Tigers this season. But next season, I think you expect Dazlin Warsham to step up. And I don't necessarily know what his role looks like in terms of size or touches, but 
I definitely think that he's going to get involved with the offense. And then the final thing I'll say here, it's an incredible name, Dazzlin Worsham, just a fantastic name that Auburn has added to the portal. <laughs> no doubt. Well, look, Auburn's known for having guys that have some really unique and cool names. We know that for sure. Talking to Lance Dahl of Locked On Kentucky and Auburn Daily, I guess besides him then, how do you feel about this wide receiver room? Because obviously that's one of the question marks coming into this football season. Well, I think that your starters, in my opinion, are somewhat solidified right now. I think you've got three guys right now that are prepared to kind of take the reins in that room. Shedrick Jackson, I believe, is going to be one of them. I think Javarius Johnson is going to be another. And then I think you're kind of looking at that third guy as a question mark. You know, is it going to be Tavares Dawson? Is it going to be Malcolm Johnson Jr.? Is it going to be somebody else that we don't really know about yet? I'm not sure, but I think that it'll be Malcolm Johnson Jr. starting in that third wide receiver spot. And I think the question is, you know, which one of those guys can kind of step up and perform better than they did last season? Shedder Jackson had some issues with catching the football, had a couple of drops. We'll need to work on that. He's Auburn's most physical receiver. I like his traits. There are a lot of people out there saying, you know, I think Shedrick Jackson is going to take a step back statistically in 2022. And while I think that's fair to assume – I also think that this coaching staff will try and look his way just as often as they did last season. And if he comes down with more catches, I mean, his statistics simply go up. It's just as simple as that. So I'm excited to see what Shedrick Jackson does in his 35th year on the plane. Uh, obviously exaggerating there. Malcolm Johnson Jr. is one of those all-around guys with a little bit of speed that I'm really intrigued to see. Auburn needs somebody on the outside that can consistently go and get balls. And I don't necessarily think they have the personnel to do that. But if they're going to take some shots this season, I would expect to see some go Malcolm Johnson Jr.'s way. He's also got some speedsters like Jay Fair on the roster and then Javarius Johnson. Uh, he's got some speed. He's got shiftiness. He's got burst. We got to see Auburn use him a couple different times with some explosive plays last season, most notably against Arkansas and Mississippi State. But he's the smallest receiver, probably going to be working out of the slot. He's one of those guys that, you know, was talked of highly last season, wasn't able to produce. I believe he was injured for a little bit of last season as well, but you can name all these different individual guys, but I think the most, the most important thing that I'm excited about, Jacob, is the coach that is coaching these guys. Ike Hilliard, obviously moving over from the Pittsburgh Steelers, had a really good track record in terms of developing young talent in the NFL. I'm excited to see what he does with Auburn's receiver room, and I also believe on the recruiting trail he's going to keep things steady. I'm excited to see what this room does in year two of the Brian Hartson system under Hilliard in terms of just taking the next step, getting better routes, making sure that you're catching passes more consistently, creating separation and getting open was a huge struggle in the Gus Malzahn offense. And so I think that Auburn is moving in the right direction, and I really hope this personnel is able to take advantage of the guys that they have. Talking to Lance Dahl of Auburn Daily and Locked On Kentucky, another question about, I guess, the receiver room in general you know, how does it impact the receivers on the roster right now and receivers in the transfer portal that Auburn's quarterback battle is still technically up for grabs? Well, I think it certainly impacts what Auburn wants to do in the transfer portal. I think that might have been one of the big reasons why Auburn missed out on Corey Rucker, uh, the transfer from Arkansas State who ended up going to South Carolina. I don't know anything definitive there, but I can assume that was definitely a factor. It's like, well, at South Carolina, we've got our guy in Spencer Rattler, whereas at Auburn, you've got a three-man rotation right now in the quarterback room in practice, and 
nobody truly knows who's going to be that number one guy for the Tigers this season. So I definitely think that's a factor for kids wanting to come in. I also think that's a factor for Arizona State transfer Ricky Pearsall, uh, who was currently looking around at the transfer portal. Auburn wanted a chance at him. He might end up going to Florida. I don't know anything definitive here, but, but, but I would lean Florida right now. But yeah. I think it certainly impacts what Auburn wants to do in terms of getting guys in the transfer portal that would be actually worth something to the roster. And then as far as it goes within the actual practices, within the actual room, uh, the wide receiver room, I think it does affect these guys and their chemistry because, you know, you're splitting reps between three different guys, right? And you, you, as a receiver, you're trying to build chemistry with what will eventually be your starting quarterback, and that's a little bit difficult to do if the reps are being split. Uh, if they're, I don't necessarily think they're, they're going to be split evenly, but they're certainly being split, and so it's just less time to kind of get accustomed to the guy that's going to be throwing you the ball consistently. So I definitely think that's a factor there, but I don't think it's as important as what Auburn could be potentially doing in the transfer portal if they had their number one guy. Talking to Lance Dahl of Auburn Daily and Locked On Kentucky. Lance, a big topic of conversation on, on, on my program yesterday and today and really across the entire sports landscape is the NIL situation. And so my question to you is, what is Auburn doing specifically when it comes to NIL and how do you think they're going to adjust with the, the free-for-all that is the NIL? Well, I think that Auburn has been going about things the right way relatively. I think that all, we, we've not necessarily seen uh, Brian Harson and Auburn kind of go crazy about NIL. They've not necessarily been doing a ton of things in the transfer portal. Haven't really heard a whole lot about uh, Auburn trying to get kids to come here and getting boosters to kind of support that. We kind of heard some rumors with Caleb Williams. Don't really want to get into any of that because nothing's definitive there. But I mean, Brian Harson recently shared his thoughts on NIL and just talked about, you know, He's not going to be opposed to some of these big-time athletes getting paid what they're worth. And he said, you know what, we're going to support the athlete with whatever happens, right, as far as just making sure that they get what they're owed. And he said it's also, when you look at some of these big-time NIL deals that are going on across college football, he said it helps kids get a better understanding of how things work, you know, budgets, taxes, finances, things we all deal with that are actually a part of the real world and uh, he said that it's a really good way to keep kids productive outside of the time that they spend at school and with the team. So I've heard Brian Harson say nothing but positive things about NIL and the impact. And I don't necessarily think that that's their recruiting pitch to some of these kids. And I, quite frankly, I don't know, know if it can. And you see all these things that are coming out right now as far as like regulations and the NCAA deciding that they're going to crack down on some of these things, these things going on. Jordan Addison and USC, that's certainly an interesting situation. I think if you were to ask me what should be done, in my opinion, I think you've got to expand the definition of tampering. I mean, when you look at what's going on with some of these big-time names at some of these big-time schools, they're getting some offers from some of these boosters before they even have the opportunity to commit. And so I just think you've got to be able to do something there, there to be able to say, okay, let's make sure that these kids aren't striking deals before they even step foot on campus. It just doesn't really seem right at least to me. So, yeah, I think Auburn so far has handled things the right way. And I think actually, uh, you mentioned I'm also the host of Lockdown Kentucky. I think Auburn's going about NIL a similar way that the Kentucky Wildcats are. You know, Mark Stoops recently went on a radio show and expressed his thoughts about the situation uh, surrounding NIL and how 
he's not in full support of some of the things that going are going on. And Coach Cal came out and said something that I think aligns with what this uh, coaching staff here in Auburn thinks, which is, look, we've got a great situation with our with our NIL, our name, image, and likeness programs. But that's not our sales pitch to these kids, and quite frankly, that's not why we want kids coming to our program. We want kids coming to our program because it's Auburn, right? We want them coming here to develop. We want them coming here to play, and we want them to come here so that they can get to the NFL. It's not all about making money. And so if you are looking at getting kids in the transfer portal and that's what they're all about, you know what? We're not interested in you. You can go to USC. You can go to Miami. You can go to one of these places that is going to be offering that. But for us, we're looking for kids that want to commit to us, not to money. And so that's kind of what Coach Calipari has said recently. And I think Auburn has a similar sentiment. And if they keep that mentality, honestly, I think Auburn's going to be just fine. Well, Lance, that's a great a great way to put it. And, you know, I've talked about this week how, you know, there are going to be players that it's all about the money. And there's are going to be programs that are all about the money. And for a school like Auburn that may not be able to, to you know, to offer that type of NIL money, that's what they're going to have to do is just cut their losses and sell Auburn instead of the NIL money. Talking to Lance Daw of Auburn Daily and Locked On Kentucky. Lance, I'm not sure if we've talked since Janai Broom committed to Auburn basketball. Just want to hear your, you know, what you thought about, about his commitment to Auburn and then what it possibly means for Julian Phillips, who's yet to commit. Well, I think that Johnny Broom was an excellent, or excuse me, Janai Broom. I've, I've constantly read his name as Johnny, and now that I'm starting to hear, well, actually, it's Janai, which is an incredible name, by the way. I was told it was to Janai, so that's what I've been going with. I've been, I've been told the same thing. But Janai Broom, I think, was an excellent addition to the Auburn Tigers. He's got a really strong back-to-the-basket game. And something that Justin Ferguson noted, I, I don't know if, you, if you've had a chance to discuss with, with him the addition of Janai Broom, but I was talking with him the other day. He was on the Locked On Auburn podcast as well, just saying he really likes how quick his feet are, not just on the offensive end, but on the defensive end as well. I thought that was an excellent note. Just very active player. Also love the fact that he's got three years of eligibility remaining. Incredible shot blocker at Moorhead State. Excellent timing. Is he better than Walker Kessler? I don't know. I'm going to have to see him in an Auburn uniform. I'm going to have to see him perform because, quite honestly, I mean, you go back to that Auburn-Moorhead State game, Johnny Broom was kind of bottled up a little bit by Walker Kessler. So I'm not going to jump to conclusions and say that he's better. What I do know is that he is still an excellent player, and I think that he's the definition of a modern post player without the jump shot. I think he's – or, excuse me, the outside shot. I think he's got everything except the three-point shot, very athletic – Absolutely love the fact that he's still young and Auburn's got the chance to develop him. I think he was an excellent addition to this front court. And then as far as Julian Phillips goes, I don't know what Julian Phillips is going to do. I'll just say this. If he does end up committing to Auburn, that's a crowded front court with Jalen Williams, Johan Traore, uh, Janai Broom, and then eventually Julian Phillips. I mean, that is a crowded front court. But I do find it interesting and I, I don't know anything, but I do find it interesting that his Instagram caption did did say about that time, which, as some Auburn basketball fans know, is a famous saying of former Auburn Tiger Malik Dunbar. So I don't necessarily know if Julian Phillips would make this team a national championship contender right off the bat, because I think Auburn's already got a lot of really good pieces. And you have to think about, you know, what does the rotation look like there with Julian Phillips? But he would be certainly a welcome addition to this team and I think that it would be uh, just a huge get for Bruce Pearl to go out on the recruiting trail and get some, some really high profile names uh, over the span of this recruiting cycle. 
Well, Lance, we appreciate your time. As always, you know your stuff. It's always enjoyable to bring you on here on On the Line. Let everybody know where they can keep up with you and all of your work for Auburn Daily and Locked On Kentucky. Yeah, absolutely. You can check out my work over at AuburnDaily.com, putting out Auburn-related content every single day. And then also, you can check out the Locked On Kentucky podcast. Wherever you get your podcast, going to be putting out Kentucky content. I don't know if that interests anybody here in the Auburn-Opelika area, but hey, if you're trying to keep up with what's going on on the SEC side of things, it's definitely a place for you to go and check it out. Well, Lance, we appreciate your time as always, man. I hope you have a great weekend, and I'm sure we'll talk to you next week. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Jacob. That was Lance Dahl here on the Friday edition of On the Line. Make sure you go check out his work, uh, Auburn Daily and Locked On Kentucky. So that was Lance Dahl here on the Friday edition of On the Line. Great insight, especially on the NIL conversation that we have continued to have here on the program. You heard his takes. And uh, again, just you know, more points to the whole conversation. Everybody, you know, everybody's got their own little opinion. Or, you know, not little opinion, but everybody's got their own little differences. That's the word I was looking for. Their own little differences on what they would do to change this entire situation. But interesting to hear him talk about how Auburn and Kentucky are going about the NIL as you know, compared to some other schools where they may have more NIL money to 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 offer, whereas Auburn sort of like I've talked about a little bit, may not be able to compete with some other schools when it comes to NIL money, and they've got to stick to their guns and sell Auburn for Auburn. Sell, sell to these athletes coming to Auburn and getting better and trying to, to compete for championships and try to go pro. I've talked about that's what Auburn needs to do. Sounds like that's what Kentucky is doing as well with the football and basketball programs. And look, some schools are just going to have to do that, and that's okay. We appreciate Lance coming on giving us his time here on the Friday edition of On the Line. Let's take our final break of hour number two. We'll be back to wrap it up and head into the weekend. You're listening to On the Line. Welcome back into On the Line here on ESPN 106.7 in Fox Sports Central Alabama. Jacob Goins wrapping up the Friday edition of On the Line. If you missed any of today's show, it's been a great one. Go find the podcast. Just search On The Line wherever you get your podcast. I'll upload it immediately following today's show. So make sure you go and find On The Line, the podcast of today's show and any of our previous shows as well. You can go and search On The Line wherever you get your podcast. I appreciate you all tuning in here to the Friday edition of the show. It's been a great week of shows here on ESPN 106.7 in Fox Sports Central Alabama on 98.3 up through Birmingham and Sylacauga. It's been a lot going on, a lot of NIL talks this week. Of course, that's been the subject, you know, really talked about across the board. And there's so many ways to, you know, so many ways to suggest to change it, so many ways to talk about it, so many factors to it, right? You know, and I feel like we have hit so many of them, but yet at the same time, I feel like there's still so many to be talked about. And at the end of the day, we're just going to have to wait and see what they do, but We hope that they change it. We hope that something happens to where it doesn't just get out of control and ruin college athletics. You know, I think there's a way to do it. I don't know that way, and I'm glad I'm not the one making that decision. I'm glad that I get to sit here and talk about it rather than actually have to make the decision. But, again, lots of factors go into it, and it's going to take some time, unfortunately. You know, things like this take time, and 
I hope, and you know, I just hope they figure it out and do the right thing uh, to to where it, it benefits the athletes, but also doesn't just become a free for all, free agency, professional sports type type situation. So, again, we've talked about that a lot. If you missed any of our episodes or missed any of our shows, just search on the line wherever you get your podcast. You can find it anywhere you get your podcast. Uh, stay tuned right here on ESPN 106.7 and Fox Sports Central Alabama on 98.3. It'll be The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Pack right here from 4 to 6 on the same stations. They'll have uh, everything you need to know about Auburn athletics, Auburn baseball for sure, as they get underway tonight against Arkansas, 6 o'clock over at Plainsman Park. Big time matchup, so uh, Bill and Dan will have all the breakdown about that. I'm sure they'll give their takes as well about this entire NIL situation and what they suggest, so make sure you stay tuned 4-6 to six right here on ESPN 106.7 and Fox Sports Central Alabama on 98.3 up through Birmingham and Sylacauga. It'll be the drive with with Dan Pack and Bill Cameron. So make sure you stay tuned for that. It's been a great show today. Like I said, first hour, we talked a lot about the NIL. We also went through an ESPN article, and uh, they have an ESPN article about what we learned about every SEC team coming out of the spring. We went, you know, we kind of ran through that a little bit and, you know, talked about what we learned about some of these SEC football teams coming out of the spring. Also, what we need to see by day one, if these teams look to be competitive, we talked about Georgia, Bama, Tennessee, Auburn, Arkansas, uh, Texas A&M. We talked about all of those schools. So if you missed that segment, it was a good one as well. And then hour number two, we continued our NIL talks. We had Lance Daw of Auburn Daily and Locked On Kentucky. Uh, he came on just in the last segment, so we appreciate him. He gave his takes about the NIL and what he would do to change the NIL, and also gave us, you know, kind of a, a you know an insight about what Auburn and Kentucky, the schools themselves, are doing when it comes to NIL and how they are approaching the whole situation. My final take, real quickly, is this: the NIL, it's a great idea. It's a great idea, but it's got to be controlled somehow. There's got to be a governing body. There's got to be some rules or else it's going to get ugly real quick. That's it for the Friday edition of On the Line. I'll be back on Monday. Same time, same place. Stay safe. I'll talk to you later.